Lucrae right now, you locked in with Generation Motivation, my man Jay Money. I tried to warn them, told them it was coming, but they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They tried to knock it, but they couldn't stop it, because they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. Hey, what's going on, good people? It's your boy, Jay Money, a.k.a. Jay Snipes, a.k.a. the podcast of the people. And I'm back with another episode of Generation Motivation, the podcast. Um, hey, as we always do, and, and the mission of this podcast is to highlight those in the community, um, you know, that are making a difference, making an impact. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely feel as though my next guest is doing just that. And I was telling him, you know, off tape that. I feel as though what he's doing is is essentially the epitome of uh, what the podcast stands for, um, because you know it's all about uh, setting that foundation, not only for the future but for the present. And um, and, and 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 my next guest is doing just that. Uh, I'm pleased to welcome Minister Warren Hawkins from St. James United Methodist Church. Hey, Minister Hawkins, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nah, hey, it's a blessing, uh, you know, for you to to uh, to join the podcast, and and I'm definitely a big fan of your work. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the impact that you're you're making on the community, um, and uh, you know, I I really think that your work is is definitely needed, definitely needed. Um, and I, I didn't say this in the beginning, but he's actually over the youth ministry, which is uh, even that much more important. We were talking about, you know, I know Whitney Houston said that that the children are the future. Let them lead the way. But uh, I was saying they're also the present as well. And uh, this is why we have to sow into into the youth uh, so they can definitely, uh, you know, solidify not only the present, but the future. So um, I'm excited for you to be here. I'm excited as well, um, and, and I really liked how you said that that the youth are not just the future, but they are the present. Um, that's even biblical, I say. Um, we know the story of when Jesus feeds the multitude, the thousands of people, with two fish and five loaves of bread. Yes. Um, and I believe, uh, if I'm correct according to Scripture, that he got the bread from a child. Mm. Here, Jesus is able to perform a miracle and feed a multitude through something that a child provides. So I, I love what you said about children are not just the future, but our present. Yes, yes, definitely. Hey, so let's let's take it back a little bit. Um, hey, tell a little bit about your background and and um, you know how you got got started in the ministry and everything. Definitely, definitely. So um, again, I'm Minister Warren Hawks Third. Uh, and I, I currently attend school at the Interdenominational Theological Center, ITC. I am pursuing my doctor of ministry. Uh, I am a two-time graduate of Clark Atlanta University, mm. uh, ESW, uh, in, uh, in 2019, and an MSW in 2020. Uh, that is when I first came down to Atlanta uh, in the fall of 2015, uh, starting my freshman year at Clark Atlanta. And uh, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, and, and really what, what got me started in ministry, um, I would say it has been embedded within me uh, ever ever since I was a young child. So I would always stare beyond the clouds, knowing that there was something bigger and greater pulling me. Um, I just didn't know who this, uh, 
I would say, phenomenon behind the clouds was at the time. And then when I would get older, I fell in love with basketball. Uh, but God would use basketball to take me through some challenges, to take me through some, we can say, uh, runarounds, okay. tragedies and, and triumphs. And ultimately, uh, it led me to a true, authentic relationship uh, with Christ, through Christ, to God. And it was from then that I was able to start ministering through uh, Bible studies in high school through an organization called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, and then I went on to become uh, a licensed minister. And then I went on to come to Atlanta, to Clark Atlanta. And then um, here I am now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Hey, well traveled, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so, um, you know, one thing I thought was was very interesting. I mean, obviously, it's you know very deep in in, in uh, the sacrifices that you're making, um, you know, to be able to you know advance within the ministry. And and um, I I thought that was very interesting when you, when you're talking about using sports and the challenges and the triumphs, um, you know, because that's 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 almost like a microcosm of uh, of life, you know. Um, I think sports definitely is a good way to uh, kind of highlight, the, you know, those those challenges that we go through, you know, the the, the struggles with um, first and foremost practices and being worthy of making the team um, because a hey, <clears throat> everyone that tries out doesn't make it, you know, so you have to have that confidence within yourself uh, to know that hey I'm I'm good enough and. Uh, and then, you know, once you actually make the team, a being able to uh, continue to, to practice and, and, and learn the plays and be able to not only make it, but contribute as well. Um, and then obviously a the agony of defeat, but but, uh, you know, a having sweet victory as well. So I think I think that's life in a nutshell right there. You know, definitely being able to have something to look forward to work towards Um Hey, once you once you are able to overcome those obstacles and challenges and, and, and you know, to understand that, you know, everything I'm doing is, is worthwhile and look at where I've, uh, you know, where I started and, and where I finished or, you know, where I am now. So I think that's 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 awesome. Um, I think that's that's definitely a great analogy right there using sports. Um, but you 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 took it a step further. You said, you know, um, you said it was the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay. Okay. Definitely. So, um, were, were you heavily involved in the church as a child as well? Um, to be honest, um, we were in and out of the church a lot, uh, growing up. Okay. I would say that, uh, always had a household that valued, um, biblical practices and those Christian virtues. Okay. Um, all the spiritual, uh, I would say a mother who had a relationship with God, and she uh, definitely uh, really uh, raised us to to have also, you know, believe in, in, in God, and, and furthermore, my dad as well. So I always had a household that was strong uh, in our faith, but as far as the church, we were in and out of. Gotcha. Okay, so so basically you had that foundation. You uh -huh. had that foundation, and you, you took it upon yourself to uh, dig a little bit deeper and get, get some answers and some meaning? Um, that's a good point. Um, I would say yes, but after the pool. Um, okay. It was almost kind of like where, uh, you know, Jesus approaches Peter 
and uh, Andrew uh, at the at the boat when he uh, tells them to come follow him. And Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. And when he came, when Jesus came uh, to them, he didn't necessarily say, "Just follow me." He said, "I will turn you into a fisher of men." He used what they loved. He used what they had been used to, and he uh, pointed it to how it would be used for a godly purpose. So with me, um, I loved basketball. Basketball was, was my life. In fact, I wanted to be in the NBA, not necessarily a minister. Okay. And when I was going through my basketball shifts and, and tragedies, God was using basketball to uh, bring uh, you know me to him, if that makes sense. Then that's when I answered the call and hence followed Jesus just as though Peter and Andrew did. Gotcha. Hey, God will use uh, any and everything to get to you, won't he? Amen. <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> hey, so question for you, though. Like, was there one specific incident within basketball that... It was... Go, no, go ahead. Oh, it was multiple, honestly. So, um... In brief, um, I had become really good in basketball. Um, in fact, uh, I was actually teammates with Jason Tatum. He currently plays for the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, our player, uh, his, his dad coached both of us uh, in middle school on a team called 314. We were the best, um, pretty much, young people, our middle schoolers, uh, in the city of St. Louis at that time, all on one team. And furthermore, I went on to uh, play basketball at a high school. And at this high school, um, I ended up being a freshman on varsity. And I was getting a lot of uh, press, a lot of uh, media, a lot of attention, a, a lot of hype. However, the school shut down um, at, at the end of my freshman year. So the school that I had a lot of favor with my coaches, a lot of favor with my teammates, I ended up having to go to a whole new school. Mm. And when I to this new school my sophomore year, the coach wasn't fond of my game. Uh, I end up going from a freshman on varsity to a sophomore on JV, but not just on JV, but riding the bench mm. and played over me. After going through a year of tears, uh, being upset, uh, not knowing what was happening in my life, happening in my life, I decided uh, at the end of my sophomore year, uh, for my junior year, I would transfer back to my old coach, my freshman year, who favored me. However, once I transferred back, my junior year. Make a long story short again, um, the Missouri basketball high school rules say that you can't play at one school the year prior and transfer and then play at that next school, which meant I was ineligible that entire year. So this, I was pretty much the water boy. Oh, wow. And then when senior year came, I'm <laughs> still, you know, back with my old coach. And I'm ready. You know, this is my year, my senior year. I'm going to get some scholarships. But by then, the coach um, that was fond of my game ended up having sophomores and juniors play over me because by then I had already kind of lost my touch. Didn't out two years, pretty much. Wow. Oh. That's tough. That's tough. That's uh, tough. Hey, especially, you know, the fact that you said that you were excelling in it and you had already kind of planned out your, your future around basketball. Wow. Hey, so you had a nice crossover, a nice jumper, everything, the whole game, complete package? Yep, complete package. Uh, I was past first point guard, but quick off the dribble, could pass real good, could finish around the basket, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, hey, look, I'm going to have to go try to see some of that footage. <laughs> 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 hey, 
hey, a si- hey, sidebar on that. He he uh he was actually uh talking to to my son uh, Robert, and he was telling him he wanted to give him some pointers since uh, my son plays uh you know point guard for for his um his ninth grade team. So he was saying that he wanted to give him some pointers. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna see what, what what you got with the crossover. Uh-huh. <laughs> now nah, that's 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 awesome though. Um, hey, but you know once again, the fact that from that that particular story the fact that you didn't let it stop you though um you know granted you know you put everything into basketball and hey it seems it seems though i mean you still uh were able to, able to overcome a, a lot of hurdles though and you still didn't give up you know even transferring from one school i mean the school come on i mean the school shut down like that's you know even <laughs> that's that's tough the school shut down so you know you transferred to another school Hey, still trying to, you know, still trying to pursue it. Um, weren't getting, you weren't getting the playing time that you want, wanted, uh, you know, felt you deserved, transferred to another school. So it's still, it's still that fight in you though. Hey, this is what I love to do. I'm not going to stop. Um, yeah, and, definitely. and that's, that's that mentality that we have to have in life. Um, you know, and I, I think that you're definitely the right person to lead the youth because you've had these experiences, you know, um, the fact that, you know, you have these stories and not just this story, but other stories that you use through ministry, you know, through the services and, and things of that nature to be able to reach the youth. And, and, uh, I know I can definitely vouch for my kids that they've gravitated, uh, to that as well. Um, I think you have a very endearing personality and I, I can see you, uh, being a leader, um, so I, I think that's awesome. Hey, p- please continue to do that. Please continue on your, your, your plight, you know? Amen. Amen. I appreciate that. Yeah. And not, Hey, not only basketball talented, uh, you're multifaceted. I, I you know, I, I see the acting as well, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. I, you know, I try a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I got, I got to see the clip, uh, from, from the play that you did, um, the black history play. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I said, okay, all right, you know, hey, definitely, you know, talented brother, man. So that's awesome. Um, So let me ask you this, though, in regards to the youth, what what is it specifically about the youth that has you wanting to be able to help mold and guide them? What about the youth? say uh first reason is simply because um as i shared earlier briefly um you know when i was going through those basketball tragedies the lord introduced to me an opportunity to be a bible study teacher through what is called the fellowship of christian athletes which is a christian organization um that is planted in schools to teach athletes uh student athletes how to incorporate their athletics with their faith and faith with their athletics so here I am, athlete, senior high school, um, going through, you know, my basketball tragedies, and then God says, here, here's a ministry where you are preaching what you are experiencing. Mm. And um, so it started with youth. And uh, mind you, you know, I went to school in the inner city of St. Louis, so God allowed me to be in a position to give hope to kids surrounded by hopelessness. Mm. And um, I knew due to their unique, not only oppression, but also due to their unique plight, uh, and I would say uh, social plight that um, I needed to 
reached them in a way that was fun, energetic, and honestly, that was relative to their experience. So um, ministry for me started with the youth. And, and, and I would say, secondly, um, the youth often goes overlooked uh, in churches, not necessarily specific churches, but in the church as a whole. Um, I will always say if the church is not evangelized, it will fall to lie. Mm. Um, meaning that, as you stated, the youth are not just the future, they are the present. And we, right now, presently, need to make sure that they understand the gift, you know, of Jesus and how Jesus could be unwrapped in their lives. Right. Exactly. Do you think, you think they go overlooked because in the church, um, do you think they, that maybe the church feels as though it's just too much pressure and they, they can't, they can't withstand the weight of the world right now? Or do you think it's because of just, uh, you know, churches are kind of set in their ways. Hey, you know, we're, we're the elders. This is how we've done it. What, what do you think? Um, I would say it's a little bit of a lot of things. Um, I would say, first off, it's not necessarily the youth are overlooked due to, I would say, uh, an intentional uh, pursuit or an intentional agenda or, or, or malice intent to purposely overlook them. Mm-hmm. I would say they are overlooked, one, uh, because the church often is caught up in the last generation's tradition. Mm. I always tell people that Moses had the word on stones yet Jesus had the word on scrolls. Mm. That the way in which the word of God was presented had evolved, right? So in Jesus' time, he wasn't trying to pull out no stones. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. It's still trying to pull out the stones that work for them in their generation. But we need to be innovative and pull out the scrolls, the scrolls of social media, the scrolls of activities, the scrolls of, and maybe instead of, um, you know, doing the prayer, Maybe we have the youth uh, do something else, share a talent, or, or you know, just just evolving in innovative ways that speak to the relative experience of the youth. And I would say the second reason is probably because, um, uh, well, I think I kind of gave all the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not nah, hey, that was enough. That that was enough. Yeah. Hey, hey, w- hey, look, one reason is is, is too many uh, for for anyone to be overlooked. And like you said, not not with the uh, you know malice or uh, ill intent. I mean, it just um, by happenstance, I guess that, you know, that kind of happens, though. And you're right, though. Hey, you you know, especially with technology nowadays, um, you definitely have to be able to uh, be multifaceted in in order to be able to reach the youth. Because think of it this way. The way COVID just kind of just hit the world and took the world by storm, you know, for those who weren't up on technology, you know, to begin with, you were already behind. But now this just uh, uh, magnifies how far behind for those churches, you know, that didn't have websites or uh, weren't weren't interactive. For those schools that didn't have tablets, you know, for the kids to be able to um, do virtual school. For those teachers who, you know, weren't up on technology and, you know, hey, I've always used, you know, a chalkboard and, and written it down. For the kids now you have to log into different websites and you know use different platforms to be able to you know keep the the children engaged so um i think that's definitely uh, a very valid point that you that you brought up about the stones and the scrolls and we have to be able to evolve and understand you know times are changing and 
how can we be most efficient and effective in the times that we're in right now, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So in, in regards to, um, uh, you know, the impact and, and reaching uh, the children in, in the ministry, what what do you think has been the most effective way of doing so? Like, what, what are you implementing or how, like, how are you uh, finding success in reaching the youth? Um, great point. Um, I would say uh, um, using the four R's, or what I call the four R's, um, being real, relevant, relatable, yet righteous. Mm. Uh, being real, speaking to their reality, creating an atmosphere that is conducive um, and intriguing for their reality. Um, so, in fact, um, maybe instead of meeting in a room uh, with bland walls, maybe go to a room that is uh, more energetic, that has more colors. In fact, I've actually implemented that on Sunday. Um, we, we, we actually switched rooms. I, and from that little change, I, I've seen the difference. So being real, not just in the way in which I speak to their reality, but also creating the reality that, that, that they favor. So being real, relevant, um, is pretty much uh, speaking about things that, that's relevant to them. And if it's relevant, um, it'll be relatable. <laughs> right. And uh, if it's relatable, then they are drawn in to where they see the importance of why they should learn about righteous living. Right. Right. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, and I think it that's the mentality that it takes, uh, you know, for any good leader, for any good teacher. They have to be able to tap into uh, the, you know, the subject. They have to be able to tap into the student. You know, like I said, hey, you can't be like, well, this is how we've done it. You know, I've I've always done it this way, and because you know, life is not is not a catch all. You know, you have to be able to pivot and and definitely dig a little bit deeper and understand. Okay, you know, granted, I did reach you know seventy five percent you know, of, of the kids doing it this way. Hey, but let's, let's, let's strive for a hundred percent. Like what can, we, I mean, Hey, I know it's, that's definitely a, a, you know, a tough task, you know, you're not going to be able to reach a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. But I mean, Hey, the strive is always to, to, uh, you know, continue to, um, push forward and, and, and spread that word and, and try to reach as many, um, of the youth as possible. So, I, I like that though, and I think I think you're very energetic. Like I said, you know, just in in what I, I've I've seen with uh, with our kids and and you know them getting more involved in the youth youth ministry and and the different opportunities um, that you're putting forth uh, for them because uh, you know everything is it's just building confidence in these kids and letting them know, you know, hey, we care about you. You know, we care about you. We care about your future um, because we know that you're going to take over the reins one day. So we want to prepare you now and make sure you are equipped for, you know, when you get that, that tap on the shoulder and say, Hey, it's, it's, it's time for me to step up and lead, you know? So, Hey, well, <laughs> so, uh, I huh? If I may, I mean, that, that was perfectly stated, Jay. Um, I always say as well, um, in the church, a lot of times we like to give kids placements instead of projects. Mm. 
for example, is you got Black History Month. Hey, we need somebody to be a black inventor to stand in front of the microphone and say two lines. I am such and such, and I have been at the light bulb filament. I am such and such, and I was the first person in outer space. That doesn't take practice, preparation, right. or nourishment. That just takes putting somebody in, in placement. Now, a project is something the kids can nurture, can actually cradle, can actually call their own and watch sprout blossom and bloom in front of the eyes and say, hey, I've been put in charge over this task. I'm in this program. I'm in a play. I am in uh, the youth council where I'm put in position where I have been given a responsibility, a role, and it allows me to, as you said, exercise and practice my leadership capabilities. That way I know my abilities when I go off to college, when I go to high school, et cetera. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, and then the other kids, you know, as they enter into the program, then they, they're able to see, um, you know, the, the, the kids, you know, slowly involved into these leadership roles. Hey, I was, you know, hey, when they first entered, they were younger and then their role wasn't as um, significant. Every role is significant, but wasn't as significant because they were younger. So you, you say, hey, you know what, let's we're going to start you off here. And then they slowly see, you know, the evolution and the growth and the progression. So now, you know, now you're you're one of the big dogs in the youth uh, in the youth ministry. Right. So now as the, the younger ones come, you already have this foundation. You already know, yeah. you know, you already know what the process is and how, um, like you said, nurturing uh, affected your success. So these kids are now able to see, hey, you know what, let me. Let me hey, let me give this little one right here a hand and kind of kind of say, hey, no, hey, sing a little bit louder or hey, this is the way you should, you know, uh, project your voice or this. is You know what I'm saying? So I think that's awesome, though. Like you said, placement, you know, instilling that that leadership, uh, uh, you know, highlighting the leadership um, abilities that they have within. I think that's awesome. So. Uh, where, where do you see uh, the church of uh, going in the future? Like. In, in terms of, you know, I, I don't want to throw a number out there and say five years, but just the progression uh, of the church, where, where do you see it, it heading? Gotcha. Um, as far as the church, I just want to make sure uh, I specify so that I can answer in a way that's clarified. The church, meaning the church that I've been called to right now, or the church in general? You know what? You can speak on either, whichever you feel more comfortable. I, You know, I know you're more hands-on. At St. James, so, but whichever. Um, I would say the church in general. Um, I'm unsure. Uh, you have a lot of conservative conservatism, mm -hmm. uh, liberalism uh, on both sides. You got a lot uh, of churches that want to, I would say, maintain the traditionalism, and you have uh, people in the church who aspire to, uh, I would say, bring about some evolving um, change. So um, that's kind of unpredictable where the church as a whole is going. However, I would say uh, at St. James, we definitely see a, a progressive movement, um, not just in the youth ministry, but um, I would say in the main sanctuary as a whole, I would say that we all are interrelated, we all are connected. Um, in fact, we actually uh, plan certain events to bring about families. Uh, not just the youth and not just the adults, but certain events that we have are catered towards families as a whole. And um, so that, that, that's where I see our, our St. James going, um, is that we, we aspire to grow, um, not just 
uh, I would say, inwardly, but outwardly. Uh, and furthermore, not just in certain avenues of our ministries, but we want families as a whole to come to St. James and be a part of what we have. Um, that way, we want to make sure that we are um, helping families, uh, I would say, in everything that we do. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, before I wind down, I did have another question. I normally ask two specific ones, but I had one more question before that. How, how were you called to St. James? How, how did you end up there? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, honestly, um, uh, I, I honestly uh, was looking on uh, my school's, uh, I would say, job listing postings. Uh, I would say every week or so, my school, given that it's a seminary, uh, they send out uh, job listings of churches who are who are hiring pastors, ministers, and so forth. And um, I had just transitioned from the last church that I was at, and um, you know I was praying, you know, God, I, you know, what is it that you want for me? What do you have for me next? And um, I felt the Lord say, go on and, and, and check your school email for the job listings. And funny thing is, I honestly ne- had never checked them. <laughs> I was already at another church prior. Okay. Because. I- being a youth minister, I didn't necessarily feel the need to check it, but I felt the need to check it, you know, once I transitioned. And then I saw the, the, the job posting for this, and I I, I loved it, you know, uh, everything that it was requiring. And not only that, I researched St. James, um, gave me great energy. I got a good feeling from it through the hiring process, and now I'm here. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um Hey, and, uh, you know, it's funny, though. I mean, when you get that tap on the shoulder, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you uh, hey, you, hey, you turned around, didn't you? You turned around to, <laughs> to see who it was, and it led you in the right direction. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so, <laughs> um, so, 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 you know, like I said, I always ask two questions of every guest uh, that I have on the, on, on the show. Um as you know as i wind down so my first question is what do you want your legacy to be uh, good question um i would say i want my legacy to be uh greater works um greater works i i derived it from the scripture um after jesus performs a miracle he says in john anyone who loves me would do not these same works but also greater works and what Jesus is saying is that um, those who follow him will embody his ministry. Now, Jesus had a holistic ministry. He preached to people. He healed people psychologically. He healed people physically. Um, and, and furthermore, so with that being said, um, I want to leave a holistic legacy, uh, one that not just preaches to people but empowers people, and not just empowers people but uh, uses the leverage that I have to put people in positions to be successful politically, economically, socially, and spiritually. Mm. Deep. Deep. I, I can tell you put a lot of thought in that. And I, I can tell this is not the first time that you thought about that particular question. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, though. And when, when you're calling the leadership, those are the types of questions that you're already asking of yourself. You know? Mm, good point. Those are the questions. You know, hey, um... I feel as though I'm stepping into this leadership role, whether it be a specific role, you know, at work or, you know, in the community, at church or in your household or whatever. But 
those are the questions that you ask of yourself. Hey, what what am I doing here? Like what 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 is the ultimate goal? You know, what legacy do I want to leave? So, um, and then my final question, with it being Generation Motivation, uh, the podcast, how do you feel as though you're motivating your generation, and that that would be present and future? I'm motivating my generation by being, um, I would say, the example. Um, not just being the example, um, but also um, embodying in the example. And not just embodying it, uh, but also uh, molding the next examples. Mm. So, um, you'll find me leaving an impact for the next generation, not just in my words, not just in my actions, um, not just in everything that I do, um, in which I give God glory for everything that I do, um, but also in the way in which I am grooming the next leaders. Um, Jesus, the reason he was able to leave a legacy is because after his crucifixion, he had disciples that carried the message. He had disciples that told the story. He had disciples that performed miracles, that did the healings, that uh, um, laid hands on people. And in the same way, um, I don't want to have sheep. I don't want to make sheep. I, I don't want to have sand. Um, I want to help uh, garner the next generation of disciples. Gotcha. Hey, and I think you're doing just that. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I feel as though, you know, hey, sometimes the, the weight of the world can, can be too much on those. Okay. But when you're prepared, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, you know, we can overcome any and every obstacle that's put in, in, in our path. And I think yep. that, I think that you're a prime example of such. And I, I think that, you know, uh, God couldn't have picked a, a better vessel to use, um, uh, to spread his word. I appreciate that, Jay. I mean, the last minute. I, I, I really, I really mean that, um, you know, so. Hey, continue, continue to, uh, continue to do what you're doing and, 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 and never, never allow anyone to knock you off of that path. And I, and I, you know, I, I say that knowing that, um, knowing that that won't happen because I, I know you're definitely, uh, you've dug, hey, you've dug deep, but hey, I know, I know it gets tough and, you know, the devil, the devil throws, uh, you know, any and everything, the kitchen sink at you. But, um, hey, <laughs> hey, just continue to be covered, you know, by the blood, continue to, uh, do what you're doing. Cause it's definitely making an impact. And, you know, uh, we, we, we being our household, we being, you know, the church, we being the community, uh, we being, you know, the world, hey, we definitely appreciate your contributions. So hey, can continue to, you know, press forward. I received that. It actually couldn't have come at a better time. Like, thank you. Girl. Definitely. Um, any, anything else you wanted to, uh, uh, put out there in the atmosphere before I let you go? Um, shout out to you, Jay, for being, <laughs> being the, uh, bridge, you know, giving a young brother platform to share, um, and, and generation motivation, um, is definitely the epitome of everything we talked about. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm working on leaving that legacy as well. You know, I, that, that's the reason I, I started this, um, this platform because I wanted to be able to highlight, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, those that, that are making that positive impact. And, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily about, you know, 
everyone getting recognition because I'm sure you're the type of person that you you hey, you play the background. I, I can already tell that you you build those up and you don't even want to take, you know, credit for it. Um but hey, but you know what? That, and that's why I'm being called to to you know shine that spotlight on you to let you know. And hopefully in turn that's gonna, you know, bring more um more sheep uh to you, right? So that's <laughs> That's uh, you know, that that's how that works. So um yeah. yeah. But uh hey, I um I'm I'm, I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy, a busy man and uh hey, I definitely appreciate your time. And uh I appreciate uh, you know, all you do continue to do it. And uh hey, with uh with that being said, I, I definitely appreciate everyone tuning in to another edition of Generation Motivation the podcast. Hey, continue to have a a beautiful week. Hey, let's strive Put our best foot forward and uh and um hey just continue to make that difference, make that impact. We appreciate you.